0: Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. On this day of Memorial Day as we get to celebrate every one of you that served in our armed forces, whether you were in the Navy, the Marines, the Air Force, whether you served in the Army, whether you served in the National Guard or the Reserves, whatever you served, whatever year it was, however old you were when you were in, I stand here to say among the countless of millions in America, say we salute you and we say thank you for your service. Thank you for giving us the freedoms that we have right now to stand like myself as a minister of the gospel, to stand and to preach in this free land. Thank God for it. A man by the name of Elmer Davis said this, this nation will remain the land of the free as long as it is the home of the brave. Let me say that again. This nation will remain the land of the free as long as it is home to the brave. So as long as we, the brave, stand up and be those strong individuals. And one of the ways we do that is by having in our heart the memorial of how these freedoms came about. Another statement that connects us by an unknown author is this. America, home of the free because of the brave. It's the home of the free because of the brave. And we need to rise up and be that. John F. Kennedy made this statement. Today as we express our gratitude... We must never forget the highest and uh, appreciation, and it's just not to utter words but it's to live those words out. Doesn't it sound like scriptures? Be not hearers only, but doers of the word. Just don't have a confession, but don't follow it through. We've got to be honoring the words that we speak. Well, this this statement that President Kennedy said, he said, just don't utter words, live by those words. Make those words your reality. Make those words the source of your life. Make those words what you need to do, but live by those words. Now, in Exodus... Uh, We we're going to read an instruction here in just a moment. We're going to read this and uh, the verse we're going to go to is Exodus 13 9. But I want you to see this in here in Exodus. We read the instruction that was given uh, by the uh, given to the priest, to the leaders and to every household regarding the life of remembrance. And so notice this, and I want to say this, it's a cost reminder. As we read this, notice these words. Number one is a sign upon the hand. I'm going to talk a little about that. This would become a memorial between their eyes and their mouth and a cost reminder of how good God is and how he brought us out of bondage. So Exodus 13, 9 says this, And it shall be for a sign unto you upon thine hand and for a memorial between your eyes that the Lord's law may be in your mouth, for with a strong hand had the Lord brought you out of Egypt. Now watch it again. It shall be a sign upon your hand. Now during the time frame of that, of that era, when men and women of war fought, what they would do is, they, especially the Hebrews, they would put a, an armband on or on their wrist, and it had promises of God on it. And they would go by the promises of God. Another one says it here, He it says, it's a memorial between your eyes. Well, one of the things that the Hebrews used to do was to take this and they would put the strips here of promises of the scriptures of what God told them to do, the promises of God. Well, when they did this, it was between their eyes. So they could never forget it. So when somebody said, what's that between your eyes? Promises of God. It's what God commanded me to do. It's the victories of God. They had it before them. So that, that little cloth was before their eyes. And I don't know if you notice this. if You put something before you, there's a little bit of an obstruction. And after a while, you might get used to it, but wind blow, it grinds it, it you constantly. It's a memorial right before your eyes. What it does is it gets into your heart and then gets into your mouth so you can't forget it. A memorial should be done this way that we do this. Deuteronomy makes this statement in here, chapter 20, verses 1 through 5 in the message translation. Watch this. When you go to war and against your enemy, and not your friends, not the brethren, your, no, the enemy... The enemy, notice it in this verse of scripture, it's singular. It's not plural. So the enemy, meaning that according to them, the spirit of darkness, Satan, demonic forces. So that's your real enemy. People are not your enemy. Stop making people your enemy. Stop allowing your hurts and emotional situation to rise up and cause them to become what causes your your mindset of an enemy. He says, they're going to come at you with horses and chariots and soldiers far outnumbering you. Do not recoil in fear of them. God, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, is with you. And when the battle is about to begin, let the priest come forward. Listen to that. Let the priest come forward and speak to the troops. Let the priests come speak to the troops. Well, as your pastor, my job is to speak to the troops, this kingdom of God, the soldiers of the cross, as well as to you men and women right now in our nation. My job is to declare the word of God and to say to you as a minister, as a priest, to modern day pastor, to say to you, it's all right. God's with us. He's not going to forsake us. He brought us out of bondage. He gave us his life. So stand firm. Stand steadfast. Put a smile on your face. Put your shoulders back. Walk with a, with a confident step. Your God is with you and he's with you the always even until the end of this age you better know it and so he said let the let the priest speak the priest isn't that interesting today uh, people don't want to recognize how valuable the ministers of the gospel are in our land but back then they wouldn't do anything the soldiers wouldn't move till the priest came out they wouldn't do one thing until until the priest could stand up and declare and speak to the truth and, and speak the truth to the troops now, watch this. He made the statement. Hey, he'll say, attention, Israel. Stand at attention, soldier. In a few minutes, you're going to do battle and with your enemy. But don't waver in your resolve. Don't fear. Don't hesitate. Whatever you do, don't panic. God, your God, is right there with you, verse 4 says, fighting with you against your enemies and fighting to win, not to lose, not to compromise, not to surrender or wave a white flag. No, let the officers then stand up and then to speak to the troops. So, oh, this is so vital and important for all of us to understand this, that then the officers came forward and they did this. So we have to understand where this is at. Memorial Day. Day. This is talking about how you and I recall in Scripture. Every time we go to Scripture, we're calling the memorial of what happened and how we got our promises. The promises of God did not come without a price. Abraham had to pay a price. Uh, Moses had to pay a price. Joshua had to pay a price. Every man and woman, every patriarch of old, whether male or female, doesn't matter. Every one of them had to pay a price for the freedom they lived in. Look at the price Joseph had to pay. Look at the price that that we see in in Joel's life, in the prophet Joel. We see in Jonah's life. All of these prophets had to pay a price. Jesus paid the ultimate price and you and I were born again. In in life, when when we celebrate Memorial Day, We celebrate the men and women who served our nation. I want to speak about two individuals although in my lifetime I've had a lot of individuals who I've known who served in this country of ours and they've been tremendous and I don't have the time here to to exhaust all those memories and all those people and to celebrate them by name but I want to specify two individuals and one of them is my father Frank R. Aragon. Now he was born in in San Antonio Texas on April the second in the year of 1924. In the year of 1924, my father was born. At the age of 17, the year was 1941, my father joined the United States Navy. He served on the USS Cowpen, which left Pearl Harbor on September the 19th to begin in its active duty. It was deployed from Pennsylvania and then came over and the Cowpen was, uh, was, uh, was deployed. My father joined that fleet and he went out. That that was actually a a smaller ship that was stripped down and made into an aircraft carrier, and they put airplanes on it. So when you hear aircraft, they're talking about an aircraft carrier. That's what it was. It had planes on it, and they did their battle. The USS Cowpin fought many battles, and it was because of its speed and because of its might, it was known as the Mighty Mo. And it was an aircraft carrier. It was the, here's what it was. The first uh, the Fast Carrier Task Force in the Pacific from 1943 to 1945. 22 and a half months of warfare that it was involved in. And during that, the Cowpens served in the war in uh, South Pacific. That was my dad. He was one of the men on that ship. He, now watch this. I'm just going to read this to you as you behold the pictures there. As an aircraft carrier, this fleet, USS Cowpin, flew 10,000... 634 flights. Let me say that again. This aircraft carrier flew 10,634 flights. That means off of its ship, planes took off 10,634 times to engage in battle and bombed up to 12 different uh, islands at different locations for the defeating of the uh, Japanese warfare at that time. It participated in 2,452 action combats. It destroyed 1,008 enemy planes in the air and destroyed 1,088 enemy planes that were located on the islands on the ground. The USS Cowpin, which my father served on, also dropped 657 tons of bombs and fired 3,063 rockets and sank 39 ships. To say that this ship was not active and the men and women on the men on that ship were not active is incorrect. They were at duty, man. They were doing what they need to do. My father, Frank R. Aragon, is my hero. He received 12 battle stars of medals of which he received. And I recognize that and I see that. And the reason I could be so excited about it and emotional about it is because it's in my heart, it's in my eyes, and it's in my mouth. As I talk to you this day, this past April of this this airing, my father turned 96 years old. And so my father at 96 years old, and I think back at the age of 17 years old, at 17 years old, I was still playing volleyball at high school. My father was at war. My father joined in the Navy. My father joined in battle and saw battle for 22 and a half months. And uh, when he came home is when he uh, married my mother. And so here I find that I have one hero I'm talking to you about, and that is Frank R. Aragon. That is my father. I have this lineage on the inside of me. I have a hero. I have a memorial. 2 Chronicles 32, 7 says, Be strong and courageous, and be not afraid nor dismayed. For the king of Assyria, for all the multitude that's with him, for they will be no more with him. And with him is an army of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves in the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. You can rest on the word of God, no matter what war, no matter what battle, no matter how you want to name it, no matter how many people walk away scarred, maybe wounded, or some don't walk away and their lives taken. We can all rest assured the promise of God is sure. Now, some people say, I don't like war. I like talk about war. Why should we use this as a memorial? Well, listen to me. And some people make the statement. I've heard this stated in the past. Some people say, well, you know, the Bible says, according to the commandments given to, given to Moses, thou shalt not kill. That's true. You are absolutely right about that. But the translation of the word kill means murder. So it says, do not murder. Do not break into somebody's home and murder them. Do not try to mur- do not murder them and steal their goods, their watches, their wallets, their, their cash. Do not do any of that. Don't steal their food. Don't don't get in such a rage that you murder somebody out of it. But in defending your family, in defending your nation, as many of the as military did, that's not murder. That is war. And that's a tragic side of war. It's a tragic reality of it. Men and women die on both sides. And so Memorial, Memorial Day is not about who goes into battle it's about the trust and the bravery they have when they go into battle. When my father fought and he was fighting in the battle that he was in, the battle that he that he was engaged in was almost hand to hand. They had the kamikaze pilots. When the pilots did ran out of gas, they just put their planes into the ship. There's a, there's a picture of the of a video clip of my father's plane, of my father's ship being attacked by one of those planes. It came in and it veered off and it hit one of the others as it blew up. And uh, we we watched that we watched as the as the great uh, 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 typhoon hit, and the ship was almost capsized. When you can almost uh, capsize a ship with almost uh, fifty foot of waves, that's amazing. When you could do it with ship, men and women, men fell off of that, equipment fell off of that. My father survived that 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 moment. But here he says this: uh, but the the arm of the flesh is over there. But with with us, the Lord God is here to help us. Psalm seventy eight. Uh, makes this statement. here's very important about the Memorial Day. Why am I saying all this? Why am I bringing up my dad? Why am I mixing it with scripture? Very important. This is listen to this verse 78, 8, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Listen to me. uh, Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to me. It is imperative that the next generation be told the accounts, not the fables, not the myths, the accounts of the real heroes, of the real men and women who stood the test of time, like my father on the USS Calpit, and thousands and thousands of others who served during the Pacific War and during World War II is what's this what says? They served they fought in Germany, they fought in other nations, they fought in other locations. Because this is such a reality, listen to this. Our children will never know until we as parents are responsible enough to let them know how their freedoms are. While they get the privilege right now of, of, of think about this, when my father fought in war, when my father-in-law fought in war, there was no such things as cell phones. There was no such thing as Google. There was no such thing as iPads and iPhones and, and androids. There was no such thing as Twitter. None of that stuff. They couldn't sit there and play with their games. They could not do that. They were engaged in hand-to-hand combat during the war. Here this scripture says the generation needs to know the battles and how they were fought. So we'll forget about it. My, my next hero that I want to talk about is the hero Frank F. Albano. He was born September the 22nd, 1929, and he joined the Marine Corps in 1948. My father-in-law, along with his band of brothers, uh, Company C, landed in Ancon and fought their way through the capital city into Seoul. Their instructions or orders began with this, Take the train station. And the year was 1950. My father-in-law, Frank Albano, fought in that battle and received injuries to his right forearm and shoulder that was shrapnel that was being dispersed, and uh, he was wounded. But the Marine that he was, he refused medical treatment and stated there are more serious injuries to the Marines in the squad. Take care of them. And he stayed with the company, uh, C Company, for 10 months. Went through what's known as the Chosen Reservoir, and this was called a campaign. Take it. The war, sadly, was referred, report, referred to as the Forgotten War. Why was it forgotten? Because people forgot to talk about it. Nobody wanted to mention how much how, what would happen there. But yet it was an historic moment that seized North Korea. And most people don't realize that they were called the frozen chosen. They were fighting in what was known as 30, 30 below weather. In some cases, because of wind factor, sometimes up to 50 below. The chill factor, some just gave up and froze to death. They weren't shot. They weren't stabbed. They weren't bombed. They didn't run into, into, a, into a, 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 a battle skirmish. They were froze to death. They just gave up. And many of them came back frostbitten. Many of them came back with, uh, with scars of the snow, beyond the scars of the war. But the, and so how could this be called the Forgotten War? It's forgotten. And here's this interesting thing. That, that skirmish lasted 36 months And statistically, they say that 1,000 Marines died every month. That's 36,000 people that died in 36 months. 36,000. How can we forget that? How do we ignore that? How do we let it go? Because no one's telling their stories. They're not just old veterans. They are wisdom. There's a strength in them that you and I need right now. As a corporal... Frank Albano was promoted to a sergeant upon returning to the United States and was assigned and then uh, uh, became a staff sergeant one year later. My father-in-law, Frank Albano, one of my heroes, uh, at this point in time as we talk, he's uh, 90 years old and in a few months he'll be 91. And so there's longevity in life around us and then we've got heroes that live among us. So it's joyful for me to be able to talk about, emotional for me to talk about this. After 50 years, after, after, uh, after uh, all these decades uh, of waiting uh, of, and, uh, to receive the Purple Heart, he finally received it after 55 years. Frank Albano's daughter, Joanne, who happens to be my beautiful wife, and I were privileged to be at Camp Pendleton. After five decades, at this time, he was 96 years old. And we watched... On December 15, 2005, as he received his Purple Heart, 50 years later, after he was released. In my lifetime, I've known heroes. Memorial Day, oh oh man, it's so important to me. Fourth of July is important to me. When I think of this great nation, I recall, I I recall, excuse me a moment, off camera. I recall (laughs) Uh, be preaching in, uh, in Kuwait and had even the privilege to go with my man of God at that time, Dr. Ed Dufresne. And we were with the uh, preaching there for a week. And we landed uh, in Kuwait and preached the gospel there. And I remember walking through the streets and I was across the street and some men, some men were standing there and they yelled across the street. And they go, hey Americans, hey Americans. And I remember I turned around. I thought, how they know we're Americans? Well, obviously because of how we were reacting and how we were dressed. But they yelled across the street and they yelled to us. And here's where their words. Thank you for rescuing us. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you, America. Man, I'll never forget that. I didn't fight in any wars. I didn't go. I was not, never in any service. But because men like my father, men like my father-in-law, and many of you that are watching me right now, many men and women like you, I got shouted out and said, thank you, America. I was in Siberia, along with, once again, with Dr. Ed Dufresne, my spiritual father. And we were preaching in Siberia. And I'll never forget, we were there on 4th of July. And they spoke Russian, and they were singing worship songs in Russian. The woman that was leading the music, the praise of worship, she was an ancestor of Genghis Khan, a tremendous uh, 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 and brutal warrior. And he, he killed viciously. And uh, she was a legacy, the first one born again in her lineage. The first one to ever receive Jesus Christ. And here she is in the church that we're preaching in. My goodness. And, and that woman was leading us in worship. And she said, uh, everybody sit down. And she said to our group, uh, we want to do something here for you and let you know how much we care about you. And they said, we've done our best here. And they brought and they began to sing our national anthem. They began to sing to us and they came down the middle aisle with an American flag and stood up on top and put their hands over their heart. And my God, I'm thinking, in Siberia, they honored our flag. They didn't trample it. They didn't burn it. They didn't spit on it. They didn't rip it apart. They did not condemn or curse the United States. Here was was the Russians. Here was Siberia. At not too far from where we're at is where the train stopped, and there were the you could still see the ruins of where they used to burn the, the Jewish uh, people uh, there, and then burn them in the in the in the infernos. And that ch- that church stood up, and they were proudly declaring America. Oh man, what a blessing that was to be away from our soil of America, but have a, have them honor us there in that nation was powerful. I've had two heroes. I've had many around me. I've had many that I've known. But here I want to say this to you. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not our physical weapons. This is the Amplified Version. And it says this. uh, They're mighty before God to the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. Colossians 2, 14 and 15 says, Blotting out the handwriting and ordinances that was written against us, which was contrary to us, Jesus took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly. Isn't that powerful? Wow. Triumphing over them in it. That's warrior stuff, man. That's battle stuff. Jesus was not a coward. He was a, he was a mighty soldier on, the, on this scene. And uh, he could have at any time done what he wanted to do and say, I'll bring you my kingdom now. But he didn't. He knew he had an assignment. That assignment was to take the sin of mankind, nail it to a cross, so that you and I could be free today. Jesus fought a battle in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed and He sweat blood. That was a battle. He said, for the joy that was set before me, He endured the cross. How did He do it? By, by the great uh, power that He had in Him. Jesus Christ is Lord. He spoiled principalities and He did it. That's That once again... His warrior stuff. Jesus was basically saying he went to hell. He took the the keys of death, hell, and the grave with him. And Jesus defeated Satan. He defeated every demonic force by himself in hell. That's a soldier, man. That is somebody who's on an assignment. That's somebody who's focused on his mission. Memorial Day. Think about Jesus Christ. Think about every man. Think about every woman that fought the battle for us. Think about why we're free today. Freedom is not freedom unless a price has been paid. Behind me sits again that cross. I mean, excuse me, the the flag of the United States. I honor that flag. I appreciate that flag. I still weep over it. I thank God for it. And I weep over how it's treated. I weep over the situations that go, the dishonor of our nation. Some of you may or may not agree with me. Regardless of what's going on, as a father, uh, I've not been the the, uh, perfect dad, but I've been perfect in heart. Do the best I knew how. There was not a rule book for telling me, okay, there are five now do this. There are ten now do this. You had to, we had, to we had to just go the way we could. And uh, my, my wife and I, Joanne, we did the best that we knew how. But that did not make us bad parents. And so we had to do every year with our children, brought a new, new a new scenario. In our land today, our presidents over the years have gone through different scenarios. President Trump today, listen to my wording, President Trump today. Listen to my statement, President Donald Trump. He's not Donald. He's not Trump. He's President Donald Trump, the president of these United States. I get bothered when people just call him Donald or people say the president or people refer to him negatively. If half the stuff was said about him, about other, other presidents, they, man, everybody would be an uproar. But because of hatred, How are we ever going to be united? And one of the ways it's so is because we're not living in the memorial of who this nation is and what our God has done for us through this nation. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.